and I, I really have a problem with this. And it's, it's not because of anything racial. Speaking of the Super Bowl, once again, this year, we were treated to the Black National Anthem, otherwise known as Lift Every Voice and Sing. <sighs> Say what you want about this song, but I believe that the song and the NFL are participating in a divisive moment. Don't we have a national anthem? I mean, I, I thought we did. Didn't you think we had a national anthem? And so here comes this black national anthem. Like everything else, we have a Miss Black America uh, and a Miss America pageant. So they're not the same. A, a black TV network. And it goes on and on. And I like the way the black columnists spin this whole thing. They say that if some people had their way, there would still be a statue of Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville, Virginia. But how, how can you, I mean, how can you say that? It, it's like, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say, it seems to me that it's divisive. Suppose we went on, and we've talked about this before. Suppose we went on and said, well, this is for the whites only. Are you kidding? You'd be crucified. So, in the case of the NFL, and I know what they're doing. They're bowing down to the, the woke leaders and the black community. And it, look, what did they do with Colin Kaepernick? They ended up donating money to... Uh, the NFL, uh, the NFL donated money to the black causes, I mean. So that's what they're doing. But why can't we achieve what the black community and all those who support racial equality, why can't we achieve that? Why can't we just say this is one national anthem? This is for one people. This is for one ideology, and that's all Americans. It would seem to me that that's simple. But we just don't need another one of these endorsing another thing that's separate. It's, it's separate from the other. And again, I just thought, I always thought that the goal of the movement to uh, racial equality was just that, racial equality. Not, well, they got the black anthem and they got this, this anthem. Hey, why don't we have a, a, a Chinese national anthem? Why don't we have other ethnic groups? Why don't we have a Spanish national anthem? Why don't we have those? And I just, I, I don't understand why they just keep doing this. The people who are woke ask you, and anyone who's listening, that, oh, we, we got to have a black national anthem because if we don't, 
I mean, we got to have our own thing. Because if we don't, hey, they're still going to be marching and, and they're still going to be Confederate flags and they're still going to be all these things. And Well, that doesn't necessarily follow. So I just, I, I really have a problem with this. And, you know, they make a big deal out of it, too. The NFL makes a big deal out of it. Hey, we're, we're woke. We're really promoting the the black equality of the well i mean 80 percent of the players in the nfl are black okay we get that we know that so why do we have to have another thing i just i don't i don't see what the reasoning is and you know you read these black columnists and boy they Oh, the conservatives they're going to they they they're going to be against this, but too bad. What? <laughs> suppose we said suppose we said too bad, too bad if they they don't like it. <sighs> we would be called the racist. And and they call you that anyway. So you you get the point that you have this black national anthem, but they still call you racist. Oh, racist! Racism is inherent in our society. Critical race theory. We got to have that. We we definitely have to have that. We have to teach critical race theory. I mean, it just continues, and somebody's got to stop it. And if Trump gets in there and you know he says something about this kind of a thing, oh well, you know he's Donald Trump's a racist. It, it, it's it's just not, I don't think it's ever going to end. I hope it does, but I don't think so. Talk with the purpose is the show Saturdays nine till noon. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five. I'm John DeMassey. We bring in the one and only Seth Grossman, who really got a lot of mileage out of this Craig Calloway thing. I mean, national TV and all. <laughs> Good morning, Seth. Welcome. Good morning. Well, first of all, it, it's not President's Day. If you look at the legislation, it's actually George Washington's birthday observed on, I guess, the, the third Monday uh, in February. It was done by Lyndon Johnson in the Democratic Congress back in 1968. And it was all part of a plan to really fundamentally change America by no longer having holidays dedicated to the people who created America. So we stopped observing George Washington's birthday on February 22nd. We stopped observing Abraham Lincoln's birthday on February 12th. We took uh, what used to be Negro History Week uh, to celebrate the fact that uh, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, uh, uh, one of the first black civil rights leaders, were, were good friends and worked closely together. Uh, so. Uh, Frederick Douglass celebrated his birthday on February 14th, Abraham Lincoln on February 12th. So that was to show the, uh, you know, the great American presidents, how we uh, created America with a problem, with a problem of slavery back in 1776. But then we perfected the union with Abraham Lincoln by ending slavery and guaranteeing civil rights, amending our Constitution together with Frederick Douglass. But the whole purpose of the holiday of, of the 
uh, changing the holiday so it's no longer on February 22nd for George Washington is to do exactly what people are doing. We say, oh, it's not George Washington's birthday, it's President's Day. And we forget all about the people who founded our country. And again, that was all by design. Um, the other thing, as far as the, uh, the black national anthem, Lift Every Voice, it used to be called the Negro National Anthem. And ironically, when I went to a mostly black junior high school in Atlantic City, we never sang that song anywhere, uh, even though we had mostly black teachers and you know black administrators and, and so on. And same thing with Atlantic City High School. I never really heard that song until uh, I was on city council and I'd attend uh, Martin Luther King observances uh, because it was is a, a black civil rights song, you know, not a national American song. And and how did the NFL turn into what it became? Uh, the NFL should celebrate our national anthem because America was based on the idea that we're all created equal, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And so the NFL and all the professional sports leagues are predominantly black because black Americans excel in those particular sports. So the whole purpose of professional sports was really to celebrate the American dream which is that no matter you know who your parents were or where you're from or what your religion or ethnic background, if you have talent, if you train, if you work, if you achieve, your achievement will be recognized based on your talent, not in the color of your skin. So that's the classic case for America for our one national anthem. So how did we get sidetracked uh, you know, with, with, with turning the, uh, the, the black uh, uh, professional sports figures into uh to, to, to make it a, a like a, a black lives matter type of thing well you go back to the culture it really all started with that movie django unchained are you familiar with that movie uh no but but you've well, mentioned it several it, times and and uh, it's just a yeah uh, just yeah. A, a horrible hateful movie that pretends to be history but it's not history at all it's all lies and one of the big lies in that movie was that uh, white slave owners uh, had their black slaves uh, fight to the death in these exhibitions to amuse white slave owners. And so the obvious fake history lesson that that fake movie and hateful movie was teaching is that uh, the professional sports, the NFL, is just another version of white, rich white people uh, using black athletes to get themselves injured and killed for their amusement. So that so that whole movie, that whole presumption was fake. It never ever happened in history. But a lot of um, you know black teenagers would see that movie. They would think that the fake history was real history, and then they get scholarships and then they go to college. And you would expect college to teach a real history to say, oh no, that movie Django Unchained, it's all lies. You know. Uh, you had, uh, you know, out of out of slavery, uh, you had whites who who fought against slavery through the Underground Railroad. You had, and by the way, there was not a sympathetic white figure in the entire movie. You know, all the villains are whites or blacks who cooperated with whites, and the only heroes are people who hated whites and killed whites. So, uh, you know, that so that movie teaches this this fake history lesson. But when the, the black athletes go to college, instead of teaching black athletes the real history with real academics and teaching how um, you know 310,000 white Americans died to end slavery 
uh, to talk about uh, people who fought to end slavery for years before the Civil War, uh, for people who, who fought for whites who fought for civil rights after the Civil War. None of that is taught. And so black athletes believed that even though they're making all this money in the NFL, they're still uh, victims of discrimination because they're just performing for the amusement of whites. So that, that's how they uh, use what should be a unifying event to divide people. And it's, in, in many ways, you can't bl blame black Americans. It's, it's the you know, white Hollywood, white liberals, white academics, all teaching black, uh, uh, black Americans this basic lie. And if anyone has read anything about the, what caused the Holocaust in, in Germany, uh, what caused that hatred of Jews? It was that same uh, teaching the, uh, of the, the idea that if you don't have something, it's because somebody else has too much. Somebody took things from you. It's totally un-American. And the fact that we have uh, so many black Americans embracing this hateful doctrine that brought so much death and misery uh, to Germany and Europe, uh, it's it just horrible. But you know, that's one of the purposes of libertyandprosperity.com. To, to teach those lessons. What else? The uh, I mean, you have your big fundraiser today. Yes, so, we uh, do. If, it, if, you're lift, lift, if you're listening on Saturday, uh, I'm in the parking lot of Josie Kelly's right now. Uh, <laughs> it's going to begin at, at 9.30. And it, it, it's interesting because uh, you, you probably heard or saw that Jesse Waters did a real hit piece on, um, on Craig Calloway in his Monday uh, night program. And he had a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate running in a Republican primary against Curtis Bashaw. Um, and whoever wins that primary will run against uh, the Democrat or, or, you know, for the seat now held by Bob Menendez. But in any case, um, you know, we posted quite a, a, a bit of objection to how uh, Jesse Waters presented that case and as, uh, on TV. And as a result, I got a call last night from, uh, I, I believe it's Michael, uh, oh, I, I, I forget his name, but the Michael LaMarca, the executive producer for Jesse Waters. And, oh, I see, see so, so the Fox News uh, camera crew is here right now to interview, uh, you know, to watch our event and to hear from uh, Craig Calloway in person. And it's, it's going to be interesting. I had a long talk with the producer. Uh, we talked about how all of Craig Calloway's legal problems began when he started using his political skills against Democrats instead of against Republicans. And we talked about the, you know, the bribery case. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, all those bribery cases that Chris Christie brought against elected officials in New Jersey uh, for, for eight years, but uh, from 2001 to, uh, I guess, 2008. But Chris Christie really had no experience as a prosecutor, no experience as a courtroom lawyer, but he made this reputation by uh, supposedly cracking down on political corruption. And what he did, um, every politician that I know of can't get elected unless he or she gets campaign donations. And every person who gives campaign donations expects a favor from the politician getting the campaign donations. So what Chris Christie did, he realized that he did some undercover work and he, you could randomly go into any a politician, whether for school board or, or, or public office, mayor, freeholder, senator, and probably 90%, if you would 
pretends that, that you want to give a, a campaign contribution and you're taping the person and uh, t- recording the conversation. And if they say, okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll help you out with your project. Uh, thank you very much. That's enough to send you to jail under New Jersey law. And you could randomly do that to anybody. And, and uh, Craig Calloway was one of the ones caught in that Chris Christie net. Um, but I don't think that it, it means that if anyone caught in that net is, is worse of a criminal than someone who wasn't caught in that net. But uh, it's going to be very interesting whether Jesse Waters is going to present things differently uh, after today. Uh, but he's here, and if anyone wants to see news in the making, <laughs> it's still not too late. They're still in tickets at the door. Uh, 9.30, Josie Kelly's 908 uh uh, Shore Road and Summers Point tickets are $75 uh, each. So you, we do have that starting in a few minutes. You got a lot of mileage out of that, didn't you? <laughs> well, we, we we didn't intend it. It's what they call it. They throw a lemon at you and you make lemonade. You do the best you can. And even the snow uh, has eased up. The parking lot's clear. The streets are clear. So if anyone's coming, just drive slowly, uh, walk carefully, take baby steps. And I'm sure we'll have a big turnout. What else is going on? Well, um, there, there was something called, and I don't know if you follow this, the Freedom to Read Act was snuck into the, uh, as a bill in the New Jersey legislature, which was designed to take away from local school boards the power to decide what books go in or out of their uh, school libraries. And it would have had Governor Murphy would have set up uh, rules that all school libraries had to have certain books and couldn't have certain other books. And that would completely strip local school boards of the power to have anything else, uh, you know, control their schools. Uh, Nobody knew about it, but but thankfully there's a Northfield attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute called Karen White. Uh, She published a, uh, a editorial column in the Press of Atlantic City got a lot of attention. You had someone called Sean Hyland from the Family Policy Center and Ethel Hermanel, uh, who just got elected to the Galloway Township School Board. They really alerted parents throughout the state and they actually went up to Trenton to protest uh, adopting this law. And before they got there, the Democratic politicians who put this up uh, took it off the agenda. So it, it may be a temporary thing, but it's, it's certainly a victory for right now. And, and it certainly um, it just shows that when citizens make their voices heard, you can make changes. So that's a good thing. You uh, know, uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised at, at Murphy. Uh, uh, really not. I mean, it's it, it's just typical of, of his whole administration. That's right. So uh, some other <laughs> quick things going on. Um, I spoke at the Faith and Freedom Coalition about uh, the need for mass deportations. Uh, that American survival depends on it. I got uh, a good uh, response. The video is posted on the libertyandprosperity.com website. And also I gave the same presentation on the Harry Hurley program on Wednesday. And anyone who missed it can just go to the libertyandprosperity.com site. It's 30 minutes, all those points are made. And going to websites and keeping in touch with with, with your own uh, news sources is important. I don't know if you follow the fact that George Soros, uh, his hedge fund is taking over 220 conservative radio stations throughout the country. Wow. Uh, including uh, uh, 1210 AM in Philadelphia. It's called the Odyssey Network. Uh, apparently that radio network, which 
uh, sponsors a lot of uh, good conservative talk. Throughout the country, it has a lot of debt problems. George Soros purchased that debt and is being and is going to use that as leverage to control the content on 220 conservative radio stations just before the uh, 2024 elections this year, which is a, a, an alarming thing. And by the way, this is nothing new. You may recall that for the 2020 elections, Warren Buffett, Obama's favorite billionaire, bought hundreds of newspapers throughout the country, including the press of Atlantic City. And you saw how they changed the editorial content and news content of the press overnight when Warren Buffett's uh, uh, company took over to just put a pro-Democrat, pro-woke, pro-Obama uh, agenda. And so the same thing's happening with talk radio. That's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. That, that is and, really and disturbing. Like, yes. Yeah, so, so we have to be alert. Uh, a, a couple of positive things. You know, nobody, nobody pays attention to Pakistan politics. But if you had a look at the, the three most radical uh, Islamic jihadi countries uh, in, in the world, uh, I'd, I'd say there'd be uh, Saudi Arabia, actually four, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Uh, but in a stunning development, you had a, a former uh, sports figure in, in Pakistan called Imran Khan uh, said we need tolerance. We have to stop persecuting people who are not Muslim. We have to recognize the rights of Christian Jews and Hindus. And, uh, and he was locked up. He was locked up. He's sitting in jail right now. And when they had the elections in Pakistan last week, he was a top vote getter. Uh, which just shows that there are uh, a lot of people, even in Muslim countries, who do not like this uh, this jihad, this hateful doctrine being taught. So that's in a way, gives us more hope that here in America and Europe, we're bending over backwards for these jihadis. But yet in India and Pakistan and in Israel, they're fighting back. And uh, and I think they're, they're actually winning when they fight back. So that's something uh, to think about. And the, the final point, uh, movies... Uh, this is for, for uh, Black History Month. Uh, you know, there, there's a narrative. Whenever you see Black History Month, every hero is black, every villain is white. And it gives people a distorted sense of reality. So I think a good way to, uh, I guess, if you want to see entertainment and learn something, two old movies that are out there. One is called Hotel Rwanda, and the other one is called The Last King of Scotland. These are remarkable movies because they portray how there's good and evil in all races. And uh, it's something that uh, you could learn from and not try to judge people by the color of their skin. And uh, I guess the, the final point, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin, uh, a 44-year-old opponent of the regime uh, in Russia, um, he was poisoned um, while he was running, uh, you know, speaking out against Putin in Russia. And uh, he was treated and cured in Germany. He went back to Russia. He was immediately arrested as soon as he went back. And he died in prison. He's been in prison for the past two years. Now he's dead. Uh, so uh, there's nothing romantic about uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, he's a communist. He grew up as a communist. We tell the whole story about Putin. In fact, we have a picture, a rare picture of Putin in his uh, secret police uniform uh, in Russia, his KGB uniform. And... Uh, you know, we have to understand that uh, that these people have been trained since childhood uh, to create uh, this dictatorship. 
and uh, where truth doesn't matter, they, they lie, they, they bully people, they bribe people, and then if that, that doesn't work, they kill people. In fact, when I was in Russia, uh, in, in the last days of the Cold War, uh, all the, the, the Russians, they called the Communist Party the Mafia. They're just like the Mafia, <laughs> and just like you shouldn't glorify the Mafia, um, you shouldn't glorify dictators like Putin. Anyway, it's time for me to go in for the uh, Liberty and Prosperity fundraiser at Josie Kelly's, and I see a couple last-minute stragglers walking in the door right now, so I'm going to join <laughs> Okay. Libertyandprosperity.com if you miss it. Uh, we're, by the way, we're going to have a video of, uh, of the presentation, so anyone who does miss it uh, will see it on our website. Have a great weekend, and thank you very much. You too, Seth. Seth Grossman, the big fundraiser today, 930. You still have time to get over there. Josie Kelly's, 908 Shore Road in Summers Point. It's uh, libertyandprosperity.com is the website. I'm John DeMassey. It's Talk With a Purpose every Saturday, 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5.